Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith in Jigba. And this is the play that I think summarizes his game perfectly at the line of scrimmage. His one-two hezzy move is just phenomenal. His timing, his pacing, everything's online with the quarterback. There's so many subtle movements to his game. He's very methodical, could come back to the ball and has just enough burst to get to that second level. The con though is like you said, everyone's going to hawk him at the third level. He's not that fast and that's probably why he didn't run at the NFL combine. Yeah, what I totally love is from this end zone angle that you can see him number 11 right in the slot. The motion forces five to close right at the snap. It's this double tap with his left foot to make sure that he is able to get that inside release, uses that little swim pat to get beyond number five. Then at the top of the route, that little push off to create that sliver of separation as CJ Stroud is throwing the football. And as he's throwing it, there's no stop. There's no hesitation. There's no square up. It's almost rolling with the punches as he rolls away from the cornerback, beats the safety, and as you said, then gets chased down by the linebacker and by Joey Porter Jr. But this is such a perfect summation of who a six foot and a half, 196 pound JSN is. He had a massive season in 2021 alongside Chris Olave, alongside Garrett Wilson, 95 receptions, 1600 yards nine touchdowns and Hayden, I think the big conversation piece comes with its positives and its negatives is where he played 49 of 60 slot snaps this past year, missed so much time because of a hamstring injury, but overall 562 of 645 snaps in totality were spent in the slot. 88% slot. I don't want to only call him a slot only player because I do think that he has enough traits to potentially win outside in some formations, but we have not seen that. Back at Ohio State, he had six routes, six in one or two wide receiver sets, but at the same time, on these underneath routes, slants, comebacks, curls, outs, digs, whip routes, he averaged 4.2 yards per route run. That is bonkers. That is the elite stuff. That's what you see on film. And when I plugged him into the model, just because of that monster sophomore season, he's only 21 years old, played at Ohio State. He comes in the 96th percentile and he's kind of in the middle of two different types of names. He's after Jamar Chase, after Devonta Smith, Drake London, Jameson, his teammates, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. But he's ahead of the Elijah Moore types, the Waddles, the Batemans, the Dotsons, the other type of slot receivers out there, just because I think he's a step above uh, and he can win in kind of multiple phases. You can see from these highlights, some vertical plays, but a lot of those stem from winning so often on these option routes and on these underneath routes. Like 
he'll get in your face, almost step on a cornerback's toes, and you'll have no idea which way he's going. And if a corner gets beat like that, I don't know, three, four times a game, then he'll go for the out and up. He'll go for the little stick looky, right? And that equals some middle of the field, some seam vertical shots. But if he gets a little contact in his routes, he's going to ad lib and instead work back to his quarterback or change the angles if he has to. And what he's so adept at too are these releases, right? Like he has a full variety, a little shuffle step, a little stutter step for some inside or outside. And so if this type of player and where he was asked to already play, if you can win early, and when middle and then when the top of your route too, that's a perfect combination. We can live with some, you know, not insane blazing speed after the catch to reel off, you know, massive, massive plays. I think he has enough burst to win underneath against man coverage in the NFL. He forces the cornerbacks to play slow because he, his timing and stuff is just so methodical. His timing is feel for zone coverage. He comes back to the ball. So even though he's not fast, there's very rarely like corners draped around him because he's always moving back to the ball. There was a couple plays against zone coverage, running around the entire field, coming back, sits down. And then against like man coverage, there's like a third and six somewhere in this highlight tape. And he goes beyond the sticks, fights it, gives a little hezzy yeah. move, creates separation, and then comes back, but still knows where the first down marker. I think he's going to be a quarterback's best friend. I think we can debate the upside case, but I see Jacoby Myers kind of at the worst, Jarvis Landry in the middle. I think kind of a ceiling case would be Julian Edelman, who obviously dominated in the perfect offense for him, but there's a lot of offenses that could utilize this skill set. We've seen Amon Ross St. Brown most recently with the Lions. Right. That's the big talking point that you're going to hear, because as soon as your team drafts him or you look at him ahead of the draft, it's, well, he's just a slot player. Does that matter, Hayden? Because you just reeled off some names. I'll throw in some more and Christian Kirk and Chris Godwin and, and Tyler Boyd, obviously Cooper Cup, who spent the vast majority in their of their snaps in the slot or saw the vast majority of their targets in the slot. Like is 2023 that different where in some offenses, obviously a slot receiver can be as or more productive than an X wide receiver. Yeah, and I think that he does enough outside. His ball tracking, I think, is good. He's physical. He can run well, that's all on occasion. I mean, that's on like 20 targets. Yeah, for sure. But I've, I have seen him do it enough where I think that he can, in a two-wide receiver set on occasion, could go out there and slide out. That's kind of like the Patriots who were using Jacoby Myers, for example. But most definitely, underneath in the slot, Amon Ross St. Brown, there were some plays out of the backfield where they can get him, they can get him out in space enough and i think against zone coverage he's going to be a total problem out there and that's why i think it's going to be like 90 catches a thousand yards seven touchdowns again and again good. and again and again and that's why i still have a mid first round grade even though i don't see a jamar chase type of ceiling because he doesn't have the size he doesn't have the speed and like you said we're talking about six routes and one and two wide receiver sets he has been only dominating in the slot so you have to really kind of project if you think he's gonna get out of this role yeah and your team is still searching for an x wide receiver and like as we see in this draft class, that body type is really damn difficult to find. And actually, when you compare JSN with maybe some of these other future slot types, let's say like Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers, their videos are on the channel or soon to be, he's thicker, he's bigger. So like while this was already his role in college and it's going to be his role in the NFL, he has the size for it. Now, if we want to extrapolate someone and I, you know, did some digging, there's all these different body types, but almost this exact same one with similar athleticism that we've seen in these agility drills, where by the way, JSN was like 95th and 97th percentile in his three cone and shuttle, which perfectly lines up someone like Julian Edelman to the position he's going to play in the league. But Greg Jennings was kind of like this. Now that's a few decades ago. Uh, so maybe he can make that step to the outside, but I don't think he has to like this type of player and how he succeeds should be worth, I think, a first round pick now, even if 
we can find some of these players who run, I don't know, late four fives, four sixes, heck even four sevens in like rounds three and round four. Yeah, and you need multiple good pass catchers to win Super Bowls at this point. So J JSN could be your number one or number two in a unique way. But you, I agree, you have to pair him in the red zone. How dominant of a force is he going to be? There have been some Hunter Renfro years where you have all that wiggle and you can create some separation there. And I think that he can do that. But is he going to be winning on slot fades and stuff? Probably miss me with that just because he doesn't have the speed or the leaping ability. There's some plays where I saw where like he would try to jump up. He just didn't have the juice. But that's that's not a slot. That's not where slot receivers win. Right. He's also physical, though, like after the mm -hmm. catch. And you mentioned the blocking, too. Yeah, to your point, because I wanted to bring it up with the red zone. Like so often you think big body equals big score equals big touchdown, right? Well, we've seen over the last couple of years, you can take the Cooper Cup profile if you want to. You can take the, take the Hunter Renfro profile when you have a double, triple move on your release to score. I think that all kind of depends on the offense that you're in and who your teammates are in those situations too. But man, when you were surrounded by Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and still led your team in yards per route run with two guys that were drafted in the top of 11, like it is that matching with the tape that with here also with a great quarterback and maybe number one overall pick and cj stroud it all aligns i think it's kind of rare to know what you're going to get and i'm never going to say a, a prospect is perfect or safe or so on and so forth but like this feels a layup in some mm -hmm. ways of evaluation yeah and it's perfect because he has a little euro step at the line of scrimmage finish it with a layup here so i'm right there with you 97th percentile age and team adjusted production 89th percentile yards per team pass attempt, 88th percentile PPR points per game among drafted wide receivers. And that was while competing with two bona fide stud number one wide receivers at the next level. So I just copy paste this offense where they were using him a little bit in the backfield, always in the slot for the most part, and get him with a quarterback that just wants to deliver the ball accurately yeah. underneath where CJ Stroud and JSN were developing a bunch of chemistry. I will be surprised if JSN is not just a quarterback's best friend just wants to go out there and catch 90, 100, 110 passes. He's not going to be for every offense, but there's going to be about like 10 offenses that want this exact role. And JSN is basically as good as you can get in it. Yeah. And that chemistry is so evident when you see JSN sitting in like the second window and just as he's about to arrive there and sit in a spot where so many other wide receivers might keep going, CJ Stroud already has his arm back and is ready to throw the football. So that mind meld with your top quarterbacks is exactly what you want to mm -hmm. see from like a player who's going to have to live in the mud, live in the traffic, live in the dirt over the middle of the field and helps create separation for himself. Yeah, I'm totally with you that like maybe Jacoby Myers mold of inside and outside or it's the Amon Ross St. Brown, Keenan Allen type spectrum that mm -hmm. JSN is going to live on. He's going first uh, among the rookie wide receivers on underdog fantasy. Use promo code the show to go sign up there. He's my number one wide receiver, I think. There's a lack of a true alpha number one wide receiver in this class. And I'm with you. Give me the two points here instead of a taking a contested three. Uh, is JSN going to be your number one, you think? Yeah, but I think you can also, if I'm being honest, separate wide receivers into two different groupings. Yeah. Like guys, you know, that can have a profile to win on the outside and then his type. Yep. But his type, super valuable. And he's certainly the easiest to project yep. of that group.
This is Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers. You can see him at the top of the screen here. Gets a little bit of off coverage and has a lot of fight on this ball downfield. For somebody his size, he shows this ability a lot. Goes inside, back outside. Doesn't have a bunch of long speed. You see there's not that much separation, that much burst. But there really is no reason for somebody this small and somebody that doesn't have that much length to be coming down with this type of pass. Can he do this in the NFL? The corners, yeah. I hear they do get a little bit bigger and a little bit faster. <laughs> I've nine and a quarter, 182 pounds. But what I do really like about this first play is like you said, it's a two by two set and it's a late rotation by Louisville to a single high look. And in his head, he's like, well, crap, I got to run this corner post. And that means I got to work away from this outside corner, force him off, and then try to get on top of this single high safety and get over top of him. And he does, he does a really good job. Now, what we can keep coming back to when you're watching any Zay Flowers full game is this quarterback absolutely stinks, okay? A better throw would make this easier, but like you said, he shows that dog in him to leap up almost around the safety and take it on into the end zone. This is one of those fun evaluations where you have someone who played just 400 slot snaps out of 1,400 the last two seasons, has a slot body at 5'9", 182 pounds, but was used almost solely at times as a vertical player. I mean, 12 receptions this past year of 20 plus air yards. So did how he was used and the body type fit what he's going to be asked to do at the NFL level? I don't think so. And that's going back to that length, 29 inch arms. There's been 17 wide receivers in NFL combat history with that length. And a lot of them are slot receivers like Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, and for somebody of his size, his 40 time was decent, uh, 70th percentile, 4.42 speed. But there was very few times where I saw him like completely running away from guys. Kind of wins with power and just a little bit of fight in him. Um, and they used Boston, Boston College used him in that capacity. He had 99 routes as the isolated wide receiver on them, 3.7 yards per route run. That's awesome for him. Now on those underneath routes, there was a couple drag routes where he's able to turn the corner and pick up some speed. But on like the traditional slants and comebacks and stuff, he wasn't that that effective. 1.8 yards per route run. I didn't see a whole bunch of agility from him. And I'm with you though. I think that he's going to have to go win in the slot. So now we're talking about can he compete in a role that he hasn't really played, uh, but that's more built for his body size. Yeah, I love this play right here against NC State because it shows that if you get him on low pre-snap motion, just some movement ahead of time, we see this all the time in the league, and then basically three vertical routes to run off the coverage, it's a little drag, and instantly both defenders are behind him and can't catch up because I believe his movement is incredibly explosive early in his routes, but is less successful later on in his routes. Yet again, when you have this hybrid slot ZX at times in Boston College, he was asked to create separation on these breaking routes. And what that does is when the corner is bigger or longer, like I saw in 2019 when going back to his game against Sauce Gardner, he almost gets swallowed. I'm not going to say I wish he played like JSN and in that same spot over and over and over again. It would make the evaluation a bit easier to be able to do that because I, I think he could have been much more productive if his average depth of target was much lower at BC. In three wide receiver sets, I would want him. Uh, inside the slot. I think there's some packages where you can try him out kind of like in this Christian Kirk type of role where it's a vertical slot option uh, can play in two wide receiver sets, but I'm not sure if he's, that's really going to hold 
that up. I think it's like Sky Moore from last year was kind of a similar type of profile, kind of caught in between. You saw some yards after the catchability, but ultimately at 4-4 at that size, you're not really running away from the defenders or running through them. You're kind of caught in between. So that's my fear with Zay Flowers. The other thing is his production profile was very hit and miss. Obviously, the quarterback play has really held him back, but ultimately 57th percentile yards per team pass attempt, 44th percentile age-adjusted team adjusted production per my metrics and he's not an early declare he's been at boston college forever he was only a three-star recruit this has been the boston college offense he knew what he was signing up for when he went there and he's uh, going to be 22.7 years old he's going to have some snaps as a 23 year old rookie so those are the the cons against him and that's why my model really didn't like them 76 yeah. percentile that's assuming uh first round draft capital too so i'm mostly out on him the, the numbers and kind of some of my concerns about uh, nfl fit uh, are my primaries and i know pff charted him with nine drops this season as well the people love him though hayden they I mean, really the comparisons do. are flying and he's getting all pro comparisons like one we've heard a lot is antonio brown you know guy who's like 510 and 200 pounds which by the way is a pretty stark difference from 59 and a quarter 182 pounds for a guy that's and maxed out, out maxed yeah. out at it so I, I would say just from a size standpoint can't go on board with those but what i do love again is just that toughness he brings snapping and snap out like when he becomes a runner he becomes a runner mm -hmm. you know he transitions from a catcher to i'm going to square up he loves to put his shoulders parallel to your shoulders and try to beat you one-on-one -on -one in a phone booth. And he does it a lot. Did have different three different OCs and three different wide receiver coaches during his time at Boston College. But yeah, I mean, there were some screen looks and there were some vertical looks and like not a lot in between. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, my biggest thing, and it's something he can't fix. The first time he steps on a field in preseason, I think everyone who loves him or doesn't or just watched him at BC is going to say, man, he looks small out there. Yep, because he and is. That, that, that's just anecdotally and just me visually. I don't think it shows up as much in college, but as soon as he touches the NFL field, he's just going to look so much smaller than he does right now. The good news is, like you said, near the sideline, he does create enough separation out there and his body control, uh, I thought was very, very good for somebody of his size. And he's gonna, definitely going to play bigger than his size, but I'm with you. When when you play man coverage on the outside, how is that going to look? Because he doesn't have 4-3 speed. He's got 4-4-2 speed. And what's that going to look like? I think like Sky Moore, Isaiah mm. McKenzie, Christian Kirk, that's kind of the, the range I'm, I'm looking at. My model calls him a second-round pick. I put a late second-round grade on him. I think you're hoping that he's a number three wide receiver, and I really do not understand the Antonio Brown uh, upside comps. I just don't see anything... Uh, really about that. And the last thing about his film is I think he's an okay route runner, but he's very chaotic and everything's full speed. But I think that leads to the drops that you talked about and his yards per route run against man coverage only at 2.4 yards. Cause I'm not sure if he has all that agility and bend and prowess. Maybe it goes back to the coaching staff, but for somebody that is a little on the older side, I didn't see a whole lot of nuance to his game. I saw good ball tracking, good fight for it, good yards after the catch ability. But anything in between, like you said, I didn't see a whole lot of separation. That Sauce Gardner video, you see a lot of big arms coming around over his body. Yeah, yeah. it's it's one, hopefully people have watched our Jackson Smith and Jigba video where he manipulates the defender in closed situations constantly, mm -hmm. whether it be stutter steps, whether it be his eyes, whether it be just like push-offs. And you don't, I don't think you see that either route manipulation or defensive back manipulation from Zay Flowers as much. And just to speak on comparisons, I'm on a conquest to get rid of Pro Bowl, All-Pro, Hall of Fame comparisons for every single player in each class. And so you're gonna hate mine out there because I'm bringing it all the way back to like 2008 Eddie Royal, who had over a thousand scrimmage yards with Mike Shanahan and Jay Cutler 
And then his second season, when everyone was buying into what Eddie Royal was going to be, it went off a cliff with Josh McDaniels and Cal Orton. But he had that same, obviously, production concerns and almost same vertical ability at Virginia Tech. But everything was built off of that and expanded on once he got to the NFL and just their movements and their size are almost mirrors and one-to-one -to, -one to me. So go and watch Eddie Royal, all of you, that's your homework for the evening. And if you're a Gen Zer, I think that there was like some of these similar issues <laughs> with like uh, Jalen Rager, who like didn't have the size, but he was winning on the outside. That's how he was winning in, at, at TCU. But the quarterback kept missing him. The production fell off a cliff. And then ultimately you're like, where exactly is Jalen Rager actually yeah. winning in the NFL? I That's my, my biggest concern with him. But at the same time, like this dude loves football. This dude put on a bunch of weight he looks jacked out there and you can see all these plays going up making catches that he has no business making i'm just concerned that that was happening against acc and not yeah. against uh sauce gardner for example it's such a shame that he was asked to be the clear out player a bit too often a shame that when he was open intermediate and deep this jerk of a quarterback would take like a five yard check down on third and 12 instead of giving him a shot and it's a shame that we didn't get more of those plays like against NC State, where his clear outs get the ball in his hands and ask him to manipulate after the catch, where he squares up and gets to the corner and reels off these big plays. Man, people love him and I like it. This is a fun type of evaluation. When players like this break the mold and maybe do become pro bowlers or all mm -hmm. pros, you take notice because they change the position. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series. And when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. This is Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. You can find him in the slot and you'll find him in the slot for most of the time. And the first thing that jumps out to you is how much space he has because he threatens defenses vertically with 4-4 speed. The context around this is he just went off against Alabama. So Georgia was playing a lot of off coverage, but he has that speed. But I think he has a little bit more ball tracking and body fluidity and reliable hands on that one ball behind him a little bit was able to still come down and fight through contact. Yeah, let's go through some of the details of this because immediately you can see that Hyatt has at least 10 yards of a runway and you're going to see this constantly when watching the Tennessee Volunteers. I will say, Hayden, it makes the evaluation a bit difficult. Now, it was a very successful offense, but in the context of the NFL, this wide receiver alignment stuff, let's say it's almost like a circus. Um, mm -hmm. because at times you will see Jalen Hyatt all the way outside the numbers, heck even stacked with other wide receivers. And what that does is if he's working behind his counterpart, then that creates a natural seven yards of separation. There are also these downfield rub routes, either on scissors or wheel routes, so on and so forth with the end goal always to be, Hey, Jalen Hyatt, 
faster than your cornerback who has to turn and run with him. And let's turn this into wind sprints. And don't allow the defense to get their hands on him because he definitely is a thinner type of body, uh, bottom fifth percentile weight at 176 pounds. And he's kind of tall, so he's definitely wiry. Now, he came into Tennessee not as like a five-star recruit because he was so small. He has put on some weight. And I think that is frame-wise. I think he can add a little bit more to him and i think that's probably pretty promising like you said the go routes the deep routes back shoulders double moves all that stuff throw it into the deep route category 7.2 yards per route run that is basically unheard of and yeah. i think he comes with a lot of reliable hands and ball tracking like that one in the back of the end zone but like you said not much man coverage not much uh space in isolation only 19 routes as the isolated wide receiver only three routes in one or two wide receiver set. So it's like you said, put him next to the sideline and give him space and let him boogie. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, I laugh when I watch this because they play offense so differently than anyone else out there. And so it forces defenses to play you differently in that department. Yeah. I mean, everything is built off of that vertical line and sure. He might've only clocked in low four fours, but the defense treats him like he runs in the four twos. Now to bring up the positives of this off that vertical line, he does a really good job of maintaining those that speed on those inside breakers, on those inside cuts. And if you force a defensive back's hips in the direction that they can't go in, then boom, you attack the blind spot and you're there. I will say like, man, this takes an incredible projection because what? You might have a dozen plays that you can imagine in your head from watching this where he runs like a legit NFL route. And we're talking sink your hips, breaking inside outside versus tight coverage you just don't see that so i think it's two big conversations you have to gauge how much you value this vertical speed which is a huge element not totally that makes a vertical receiver but it helps and then also can he be more than that and can he play in the same position and role that he played at the college level in the NFL. Yeah, he was in the slot. Like you said, he's so far away from like where the traditional not slot real slot stuff. It's not it's real not slot. working in the mud or in the trash or 100%. any of that. Vertical slot, like kind of Christian Kirk, kind of how they use him. Marquise Brown, they used him kind of in this inside outside role, not traditional slot stuff. Uh, and like you, like you said, on those typical short routes, only 2.4 yards per route run. And there was only a handful of them compared to all those deep routes. Now, on those underneath routes, I thought he was able to sink his hips a little bit, come back to the ball on occasion. He did it against Alabama. He's done it a couple times, but very rarely is he doing that. He's never been a volume hog. He's only had one game in his collegiate career with over eight receptions. So I think in the NFL, you're going to give him six, seven targets per game. He's going to catch four or five of them, and hopefully he's averaging 18 plus yards per reception. He had 89th percentile yards per reception coming back to that college. And those numbers are really popping. Like in my model, I was surprised by this, Josh. 94th percentile. That's by like the Elijah Moore, Traylon Burks, Jalen Waddle, Rashad Bateman type of tier uh, among recent draft classes because he was dominating Tennessee. All the, the per game numbers were strong. Tennessee's numbers just in general as an offense were really good. And he did this as a 21 year old early declare. So all the like ancillary things about Jalen Hyatt's profile are yeah. wins. And that's why I'm a little bit more optimistic than most people are. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, he was just a one year guy. He caught 67 passes, 1260 yards, 15 touchdowns this season when in the previous two years, when almost working behind Cedric Tillman, let's put it that way as, you know, counterpart in this draft class, 41 combined catches and just four 
touchdowns with those 13.6 a dot 13 deep catches 633 deep yards which ranked second in all of college football last year i mean we all want this type of player that stresses vertically and i always think about these guys on a spectrum with comparisons ted ginn slash will fuller maybe up to deshaun jackson again I, i'm not going to go into it too in depth, but like there's ball tracking, there's route manipulation. There's just feel for the game that I think makes the difference in a vertical player and not just, you know, someone who runs fast in a straight line, or we'd see mm -hmm. like all the way from like John Ross to a bunch of other names be successful. Yep. Right. Again, I can't get it out of my head that I can wrap my arms around like a dozen plays where there's someone tight in his hip and he's asked to make a play. And then off of that, like, how does he then have a counterpunch on inside breakers or outside breakers? And there's just not a lot of work with. It's a big projection. The one, the couple counters is he's so young and he was developing every single year and his final season was by far his best year. So maybe that there is some more development. And I've listened to a bunch of their interviews from these wide receivers. And I thought that his wide, his interviews just in general were very strong. This dude knows so much ball. This guy loves it. He was in there early in the morning. I just think that he has like a good feel for the game and he's learning about the tendencies from the other the players. And I think that's something where you like these teams probably get him on the whiteboard. And even though they didn't, that offense didn't like kind of cater to the NFL. I'm hoping that the interviews from what I've listened to kind of, you can kind of extrapolate that. Yes, he was in that one offense, but he knows enough about the game that maybe there is a little bit more to him. And like going back to the skinny posts and stuff, like you said, he doesn't slow down. And he can keep that momentum going. And I think that his ball tracking, his ability to body bend and stuff, I thought was pretty good for kind of this one trick pony. So yeah. just the fact that he's 21 years old is like very optimistic for me. And he does run the fault lines really well of zones and, you know, splits them. And then he helps himself find open space. Let's talk about the size because it's a, it's a weird frame. You know, you mentioned how young he is, but he's six foot, 176 pounds. And when we are talking, because I know all of you out there are, have heard the conversation of, well, you didn't run a full route tree, blah, blah, blah. And especially heard it with like DK Metcalf coming out of Ole Miss. Um, the big difference is DK's like 6'2", 230. And that's about a 60 pound weight difference here between the two players. So it's odd because again, we saw free releases. We saw slot, which isn't really the slot in comparison to his buddies like JSN in this draft class. And then now what is the frame to win and be bigger as like a X ISO or Z wide receiver. No it's, X. Yeah. It's, it's just a bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. And I think though, that like, that's what makes it really fun. Like you also have the weight. I think that adds into, he's a zero after the catch in terms of contact, but there's a lot of times where he doesn't even need to hit contact because he's just mm -hmm. running free. But these types of projections are like why the draft is so enjoyable because you can have where you come down on it and your decision. And then four years later we get to track. Chris Olave would be kind of in the same ballpark. Now, Chris Olave, Absolutely I thought not. was super, not even close to the same player for me. No yards after the catch, deep speed, all that stuff. But Chris Olave was way more advanced. We saw it on tape with his route running and stuff. And that's why he was a first round prospect. I have Hyatt as an early second round prospect where you're hopefully kind of winning in that same role, but just not to the same degree. So it's going to take a lot of development, I think, for Jalen Hyatt. And there's a chance that he flat out bust. Nelson Aguilar would be like another type of comp where you're just relying on the speed. Um, but maybe Will Fuller up to T.Y. Hilton. That's kind of the range I'm talking about. I think he's going to be a number two receiver in the league. But at the same time, even though he is small, the NFL is changing. A lot of these players and prospects are way smaller than they were. The NFL minds are definitely changing. The rules are even changing about this. So we'll see what, what he can do. I, I think that early second round is kind of his ballpark. 
And at least he's not like the slot receivers where you're just winning underneath. At least you can kind of dream big uh, to some degree with him. I couldn't get Ted Ginn Jr. out of my head when watching him. Like it's almost that same head down. I'm going to hit this runway. And once I get going, you can't stop me. And I know so many people think Ted Ginn was a bust. One, he played for 13 years in the NFL. And two, actually, if you watch like his best seasons with either the Panthers or the whoever else, um, he started like dropping those hips and like stuttering and in terms of getting in and out of his breaks and creating actual wide receiver routes and separation. And so like, hopefully that is a path that can happen from here because mm -hmm. this one trick can be expensive and difficult to find as downfield speed in order to be an every down player. There has to be more to it. You did have 207 yards against Alabama. And then like we said, to open the show, Georgia <laughs> again, was, was scared. But that was sure. runways. Yes, but Georgia, their defense pretty good. They were terrified of Jalen Hyde in particular. Yep. There's a lot of off coverage, and he kind of earned that right because of that speed. So if you get your hands on him, it's a whole different ballgame. He's going to have to either learn how to fight through that or the coach is going to have to make adjustments for that. But I think when you have that off coverage and that deep stuff, man, I think that he kind of has a little bit of juice here. All right, you can go and draft Jalen Hyatt right now on Underdog Fantasy. There's a link in the description down below. Every single player, there's no other place you can draft. So do it on Underdog. And... You want to check out the other wide receivers or let's say running backs and quarterback prospects. All of those videos are going to live on this channel. So smash that subscribe button, even hit the notification bell. All right. Talk to y'all next time.